Okay, so this is Nicole from 15 Minutes of Saying. We're back with the panel to discuss how we derive our value uh, for men from the tribe and how we surround ourselves. And Rodney, you were talking about um, how society um, really can take this opportunity and let men decide for themselves if their value comes from their tribe, their paycheck, you know, their status or their title. Um, do you want to continue on that thought? Only, in, and then I'll turn it over to the rest of the panel because I'm sure they have their own sets of opinions on this. But I'm saying that only to say that an individual describing for themselves, you know, what is uh, successful for them, I think that's still an important concept, right? Uh, if you know, not everybody wants to be a CEO, not everybody wants to bring home CEO uh, uh, a CEO paycheck. But if that's how you, if that's how you measure your legacy and your value to contribute to the world, I don't really have a problem with that. As long as a person understands that those things can be taken away, and if those things are taken away, they may take a hit, uh, you know, as far as their, their psychology is concerned. I think that is okay for the individual as long as they understand that those risks are associated with the freedoms of having those opinions. Over to the, over to the panel. Chris, what do you sure, think? The only thing I, yeah, the only thing I would add to that is, I, I, first of all, I agree. Um, but in today's day and age, in social media, our tribe has changed. So before, uh, you would you know you would kind of assume the values um, of the family that you're raised around. Um, so if you're you know, for example, if you're raised in church and you were taught that you were an image bearer of God, that's where you would gain your value from. Now, though, you can still be raised in that environment, but then you can form different tribes in social media and through popular culture uh, influence the way that you find your value, and then uh, that could detract from or be different from the values that you were taught in the home. Uh, so I definitely think um, that's a challenge for, for people growing up now that those of us on the panel didn't face growing up. Mm, amen for that. I guess that's really where, you know, when we look at, um, you know, the trendsetters and um, TikTok people and, you know, uh, you know, back in our day, it was, uh, um, the video, uh, MTV and things, you know, this is where society really is leaning towards those people to set a better example or, um, be a better, uh, vision for the future and what kind of future we want. So when, when we think of that, you know, how much of that responsibility really should fall on the Michael Phelpses in the world and how much of it, you know, is it, unrealistic to expect them to influence in such a broad way. I think it's important who we choose to influence us. I mean, I feel like you can, you can pick anybody that you want to imitate or aspire to be. Uh, I think that choice is very important and, uh, you know, not, not necessarily from a religious standpoint, but from somebody who believes in God or, or, puts a lot of weight on what God thinks. I think that that should impact that decision somewhat, or even what you believe about eternity, because then you start making decisions in this life for what will last, you know, for all of eternity. And I think that that all comes into the tribe that we've been raised in and what our, what, what the strategy of our life is based on, not, not, not whoever is the most popular or whatever is being touted as uh, what, what everybody ought to believe as the norm. I think it's, I think it's what we choose and who we choose to follow based on, on the values that we have in life. 100%. So I guess that really goes back to, you know, what Chris was saying in part one 
it really goes down to the legacy and what do you want to leave as your legacy and where do you want to get your foundation from to build on? You know, it used to be, um, you know, back in the 50s, men, their legacy was, you know, their work accolades and um, what their title was and how well respected they were in the community was based on that. But now we're talking about your um, your legacy can be and maybe even should be um, something a little bit more personal. Don't you agree? I agree. Absolutely, yeah. I, I agree with that uh, uh, to a large degree. Um, there's some subtle nuances, um, and I'm going to hit back on you know something that, that uh, Eric brought up earlier, and I think believing is seeing, uh, not the other way around. People say seeing is believing. Um, and the science on that is, is says it's the exact opposite, believing is seeing. What you believe determines what you will filter to come in out of your mind. So if we want to change human beings' concept of what it means to be the head of a household or a man or have value uh, in, in their legacy, uh, it starts with changing their belief systems. That's where it all will happen. Mm-hmm. This is true. So, um, it, you know, part of uh, the reality of life, though, is... Um, you do have to earn a living to establish a life. And even though we've made a lot of progress, uh, you know, men still earn uh, 20 cents more uh, on the dollar than women do. And so it is the burden of responsibility for providing for the lifestyle you want to live and the home you want to live in. Should that fall to men or should the families reassess and readjust the life they're living and the lifestyle and the home they live in based on something else. I'll wait for the rest of the panel on this one because I have an opinion on this one. Yeah, I'd like to redefine the question a little bit. What I heard you asking was, you know, as a result of women earning 20 cents an hour less than men, does that cause us to change? Or not change, but to stay the same where... We're relying on men. So, you know, Melissa is relying on you to provide for the house you live in, the lifestyle you live, um, and the things you have. But should we, instead of relying on men for that, because that forces men to feel the pressure of providing, should we be thinking of a lifestyle in a different way, you know, living a different lifestyle instead of, um, you know, living in a 4,000 square foot house, should you be living in a 2,000 square foot house and living your life differently, you know, should that burden be more equally spread across men and women? I feel like that's backing into the problem. I think that it's a matter of like for my daughters, it would be, I don't, I don't know that I can like from my situation right now, you know, for us to downsize our life, just because Melissa doesn't earn as much as I do seems a little bass backwards. So it, it feels like maybe it's it's something that the next generation needs to be more aware of to where my daughters now have earning power and, and they're going to create the solution because they have the ability to earn a substantial income for themselves. And, and so if they marry somebody that earns a good living, that's a bonus. But I, I, I don't want to raise my girls to be completely dependent upon what another individual earns for income. Um, but again, I think it's about you know what our giftings are 
and what we feel called to. Like, I don't, I don't, from what I know about Melissa, she's never really been called to be the money maker. Like that's not in her. She's definitely the nurturer. She wants to take care of a family. That's what she's dreamed of her whole life. And uh, what I'm saying is I'm pretty much the answer to her prayers and all of her dreams. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Um, but, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's, I think that trying to back into it now and, and create the solution by downsizing the life that we live so that we can equalize the responsibility of income. Maybe I'm not understanding the question, but it seems to me like, you know, the cat's already out of the bag. Um, that I think it's a matter of re-educating, you know, my girls to, to be a little bit more independent and self, uh, self supporting. Yeah. And maybe I'm, you know, I'm not articulating it right. I know Rodney, you had said you thought you had some thoughts on that. You probably are reading my mind. You've known me so long. So do you want to chime in your thoughts? Maybe it'll be a little bit clearer. Yeah. So if I understand the, the, the question, uh, you're asking about, um, whether or not the model that we're currently, you know, that we currently have about the roles and, and their assignments in the family should remain the same, or if we should, as a society, decide to be okay with, with changing these roles. Is that correct? Before I well, yes. I mean, you know, just so that less of a burden is on a man to provide, and it's more of a shared burden, you know, because, you know, in a traditional role, just because men are typically paid more, society puts more of a burden on them. But what if Eric's calling was to be the nurturer? Would they be willing to have a lesser house and a lesser lifestyle to live off of Melissa's lesser income because that's what society pays? Perfect. So again, I would say this is directly related to what, what Derek's response was, that freedom comes with risk. I think an individual in this country should be free to make that choice, mm. uh, but understand that it comes with the risk of perhaps maybe not having a lot more disposable income. If you're okay with that, knock yourself out, right? As long as the individual who, who is, is, is okay with this, the family unit that's okay with this, understands that the rewards in life are generally associated with a person's contribution or service. That is, what they do, how well they do it, and how easy it is to replace them. If we stick to those basic principles, I think everything's going to be okay because I can't do what my wife does. I don't know how she does what she does. I mean, she has this place running like, you know, you know my wife. She has this place running like clockwork. She is a fantastic logistician. And she also works, right? To do to, t to tell myself that I can do what she does, I would be lying to you. I can't do what she does, right? But at the same time, she knows that what I do professionally, she she cannot do what I do. That's not in like Eric says. That's not in her calling. So we bring that together. We work together. Uh, Blade and Chalice working together in order to make this American dream work. Just for the record, I believe in you, Rodney. I think you could do it. <laughs> he could. So, Chris. Chris, recently your wife expanded her business and she's looking at expanding it some more. And you had shared publicly that, you know, for 20 years she supported your career in the military, whatever the military asked of you. She was the first one to stand up for duty and do what she had to do. And now you were wanting to help her. So do you, do you think that that played a role in uh, or that your support is playing a role in her feeling 
confident enough to expand her her business? And are you feeling more than or less than or the same level of head of household, you know, um, leader of the home, manliness, if you will? Sure. So um, I make no bones about the fact I come at this from a Christian worldview. So um, it doesn't matter. I mean, I I think it'd be great if my wife could turn her business into an empire and I could stay at home. I think that'd be awesome. Uh, but at the same time, I don't, I don't get my value uh, from the money that I make. Uh, my value comes um, from my role, my biblical role as the leader of the household. So uh, as a leader of the household, I should be encouraging my family. I should be pouring into them. My, once, my wife has a gift for the business that she runs. Uh, she's really good at it. We're in a position now in our lives where she can, we have stability now where she can actually put some roots down and, and, and grow her business. Um, so as, as a leader, I could look at this and say, well, I feel, uh, I feel like intimidated or I feel like, um, like she's kind of stepping on my toes as the breadwinner for the home. Uh, but if you just, again, change the, the way that you view the situation as a leader, I want to, um, encourage and, and build up those that uh, God has given me, um, in my household. Do you think anybody not, you know, does, do you think, that religion playing more of a significant role in the dialogue and the mindset would more effectively change the society outlook on men and where they derive their value, self-worth, what their role is. Yeah, I don't I don't like I don't I don't think religion can do anything effectively. Uh, that, that's that's I think it has to be more of the relationship you have with God, what you base your life on, which, you know, I'm like Chris coming at it from the same perspective that, that it's, it's, it's the truths that I find in, in the Bible. And, and I, I feel like religion has screwed up so much when it comes to what is supposed to be important to us. I think most of what I have been familiar with and what I was raised in with church was basically a 50s and 60s mindset that, uh, you know, the whole uh, Mrs. Cleaver needs to stay at home while the husband comes. And I mean, I, we're, we even watch the Andy Griffith show and shake our heads sometimes about, about the, the, the clearly defined, you know, gender roles and the, and, and the minimalization of, of women in society. And so I think that that's what, that's, that's what religion has brought us as just an invitation of a period of our history, but I think that uh, roundabout way to answer your question, I do think that uh, that our the, the Bible has a lot to say about relationships and the roles in marriage, and uh, that would probably be a great podcast one day. We're going to take a quick uh, break here. This is Nicole from 15 Minutes of Saying, make today so awesome that tomorrow gets jealous.